This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, visit them at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or online at pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for ham talk live episode 118 from the national contest journal the wrtc 2018 competitors recorded live on thursday june 7th 2018 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live Tonight, we're joined by the editor of the National Contest Journal, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, and the deputy editor, Dr. Fred Reigenauer, K4IU, and we'll take your calls live in a little bit. Uh, last week here on the show, Adam Whitney, K0FFY, and Josh Ward, W3ARD, were here to talk about the Walmart parking lots on the air and uh, another one's coming up on July 2nd. Uh, if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com, or you can listen to the podcast edition on your favorite podcast app, uh, which could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or SoundCloud, or you can catch us on YouTube and um, get your questions ready to go and call in tonight, and uh, and we may even... Have something special for you. You never know. So after the interview, um, you can call us. I'll go ahead and give you the number, but it's not time to call yet. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. Or um, you can Skype us. We're Ham Talk Live on Skype. And you can send a question via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. So I'll be back with Scott and Fred right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on HamTalk Live. Hey, honey, have you seen the PL259s anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. 
Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. Molly, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? Running barefoot is for the beach. We're cranking 1.5 trillion nanowatts right here on Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. Coming up June 9th, they'll be in Newberry, Michigan. That's up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. June 17th, Monroe, Michigan. That's south of Detroit. And July 7th, Oak Creek, Wisconsin, which is uh, the south side of Milwaukee. You can visit them online at pl-259.com. Well, our guest tonight, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, is the editor of the National Contest Journal. He's from Rochester, Minnesota, and Scott works for the Mayo Clinic teaching cardiology, which often takes him abroad where ham radio can go with him. And Scott is an excellent contester and been on several de-expeditions. Scott and I met when we were kids at an FCC test session in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, Scott became the editor of the National Contest Journal at the beginning of the year and has added some great content to the bi-monthly publication from ARRL. And Scott is a graduate of the University of Kentucky. And Dr. Fred Reganider, K4IU, is the deputy editor of the National Contest Journal and a retired orthodontist and consummate DXer and contester. Uh, he traveled the world as an officer in the U.S. Army as an orthodontist, uh, being stationed in Germany, Seoul, South Korea, and the Canal Zone, as well as across the United States, including the commander of orthodontics while stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And his daughter Jill went to the University of Kentucky, where she majored in marketing and was a member of Big Blue Nation, and Fred taught at uh, other, the other big university in Kentucky that, that Scott and I try not to talk about. That's the, the University of Louisville uh, in the dental school and was a member of the Kentucky Contest Group. And uh, Fred now competes with wires in his backyard. He's a local contest mentor to hams in the Rochester, Minnesota area and a board member of the Minnesota Wireless Association. He's an active contester and uh, is weekly in the CWT and nearly every weekend in a contest, but uh, I guess we should call him Colonel Fred Reganider, U.S. Army retired. So I don't know if it's Dr. Colonel or Colonel Doctor. I actually had to go look it up, and it says, no, it's Colonel. It's not Dr. Colonel or Colonel Doctor or whatever. So Scott and Fred, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Neil. I, I wonder if Fred's still on the line. I fear we lost him. Oh, did we lose? Did we lose Fred? Oh, we may have. Uh, we may have lost him. 
I really think it's it, your your software is likely set up just to drop anyone who's affiliated with the University of Louisville. I suspect is is yeah that could that could be it. So let's see if we can get uh, Fred back on the line. We had uh, another call there going during the break, and that may have knocked Fred out. So, Fred, are you back? Yeah, we're back. Thanks, Neil. Glad to be back. All right. Thanks for, for catching that, Scott. We I just read all the uh, bio stuff here. So welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you. Uh, good to be back uh, with you and uh, Scott. Now, in honor of of Scott going you know, to the University of Kentucky, and, and I went to the University of Kentucky for a while, and your daughter going to the University of Kentucky, I thought maybe we need a moment of silence to, to play the the UK fight song. Uh, would, would that be, would that be acceptable, Fred? Most appropriate. Most appropriate. Okay. <laughs> so we had, we had to, we had to get the big blue nation stuff in there, you know, whenever I can. So, all right, well, <clears throat> we, we got that in, but, um, we're going to talk about WRTC tonight. And, uh, we're proud to announce that Ham Talk Live will be live from Wittenberg, Germany, on the day the competitors arrive at the headquarters hotel, which is Thursday, July 12th. And Ed Durant, DD5LP, will be there via Skype to talk with some of the competitors passing through the lobby there before the opening ceremonies. So be sure to tune in to Ham Talk Live. It'll be at a special time on July 12th instead of 9 p.m. It'll be 8 a.m. Eastern Time, which is 2 p.m. in Germany or 1200 Zulu. And, of course, we'll have it on demand so you can listen after that. But we'll be live at uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Time on the July 12th episode. So uh, let's tear right into it here. Uh, We were fortunate to have uh, Doug Grant, K1DG, on the show back in January to talk about um, what goes on at WRTC, but uh, this week we want to take a look at the teams that will be competing in the event. Because there's there's some great uh, human interest stories here uh, to tell, and uh, Scott and Fred teamed up to interview as many WRTC teams as they could for the May-June issue of the National Contest Journal, which is on sale now. So uh, let's talk about some of the the front runners for this event and we were kind of joking around you know if if vegas had odds on wrtc you know if you could if you could rate them you know like at keeneland they're off in the breeders cup mile obviously did not have a good start and will not go to the front at least not yet teppen is out of the gate quicker and they're going so so we could we can handicap the whole field and, and and come up with odds here so um, if we get some some odds going, Scott, who who are your front runners? You know, Neil, that is a great question. And I looked on Nate Silver's 538.com website, and I couldn't find any any rankings. And uh, of course, the WRTC dot sorry WRTC 2018 dot de website doesn't list. So I guess I'm going to go out on a limb here. So I'm going to give the odds as 5-8 to eight that the defending champions will win again. If one looks at Chris and, um, oh, I'm blanking on the other ones, uh, N6MJ, 
uh, Dan, Dan Craig, if one looks at their performance and contests, they really are in the stratosphere. Dan Craig in 6MJ often does SO3R when he's operating by himself. So he's got one radio in the left ear and two radios going into the right ear, and he can do something on three bands. Uh, and I think he can do more contacts in an hour than most of us can do in a, in a half a day. And Chris is very good as well with SO2R. Now, there are a number of other competitors like Nate in for, uh, I think it's YDU from uh, North Carolina also can do that. So we have some really tremendous, tremendously talented young operators. But I think if one looks at the margin of victory in 2014 and the sheer performance in contests between then and now, I really think the defending champions uh, are most likely going to win again. There's been nothing to suggest they have not uh, remained at the top. So that's who I think is likely to win. Uh, Neil, I think if you look at OM3BH, Rasty and his partner Joseph, OM3GI, they came in number two the last time. Uh, If anyone gives a serious run to Dan and to Chris, it'll be those two. I think any of the German teams are especially, especially competitive. Manfred and Stefan, DJ5MW and DL1IAO are good. I personally think Frank and Winifred, uh, DL2CC and DK9IP are very competitive. I mean, Frank loves CW, and Fred and I are both CW Ops guys, so what more can we say? Uh, and then I think any of the Russian stations run a very good chance of winning. Uh, so uh, not trying to hedge here, but I think uh, probably the likely winners are going to come one one team from the U.S., and then uh, the next two will likely be from Europe, either from Slovakia or from Germany. I also think that uh, you can never underestimate uh, K1DG, who was on your show the last time. He wants He wants a bronze medal badly, and I could see Doug placing third in this contest. I also think K9VV and VE3EJ, they came so close the last time, they could end up in the top three as well. So lots of uh, lots of opportunities. And I guess the other the other team that I really ought to mention, who I think has a real shot at placing in the top three, are Crassy, K1LZ, and Y09GZU, his partner. Uh, they did a tremendous job uh, in the last WRTC, and I think Crassy's hungry to win the whole contest. So don't be surprised to see him make a move on the inside to try to pull up uh, as the contest goes on. And finally, I just want to say, I think based on his uh, AWRL DXCW performance in uh, Tango India 7 Whiskey, which will be featured in the upcoming edition of National Contest Journal, Nate N4YDU and his partner uh, Cam N3KS also, uh, I think, have the potential to place anywhere in the top four. Uh, can they overtake uh, Dan and Chris? I don't know. And uh, I think it's hard to say. Fred, those are my predictions. What are yours? Well, we asked this question uh, of the respondents, and so they, you know, each one of them had a chance to kind of tell us uh, who they favored and why they thought, uh, you know, they might be uh, uh, winners. They felt the top finishers in the last WRTC would have the better odds, of course. And some gave the uh, EU teams the edge, as you said, with the, the German teams. But within the 63 teams, you've got it all. You, know, you have age diversity. I mean, I think the ages range from, you know, some of the, uh, youth uh, 15 to age 77, Marv uh, N5AW. There's gender diversity. There's career and equipment diversity. There's lots of variables to take into account. And 
Now, every skill that you acquire, you know, kind of doubles your odds of success. I like dark horses. I think everybody likes dark horses. I don't think. Uh, uh, I, okay, I'm going to give you two dark horses then. Okay. Okay. And these are both sponsored teams. All right. N6, I was going to say N6XI and AE6Y. Uh, they they are a sponsored team, but they're premier contesters. And I would never ever bet against K3LR and DL1QQ. I think they will do very well as well. Yeah, I think Sandy DL1QQ has got kind of the inside scoop on some of the propagation variations that you know they have in you know uh, in Germany uh, as opposed to here in the states. And Tim was actually over there last year. And then you know who's what's what's not to like about the youth teams, okay? <laughs> and we know a couple of them, so you know youth and enthusiasm. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, if you look at the WPX contest a couple of weeks ago, CET MVF, who by the way now is Charlie Echo Two Lima Radio. And Bryant, Kilo Golf 5 Hotel Victor Ocean, scored over 2 million points with dipoles in the tree from uh, Alabama and uh, with low power. Uh, they are tremendous operators and contesters. Never underestimate Matias. That guy's a competitor. He nearly qualified himself with a small station uh, in the central part of Chile, uh, going up against some of the big stations in South America. And then, of course, uh, HA8RT and YO8TTT, both are high-speed telegraphy champions and contesters. Uh, HA8RT, uh, I think, has been mentored by his father, unless I have him switched with uh, YO8TTT. So, boy, the youth teams could make a run here, too. I think, I think contesting is a learned skill. So I'm not, I'm not predicting any of the youth teams to win. Because I think in 10 years' time, they will be like N6MJ and KL9A, Dan and Chris. They'll be at the top. But right now, I think they're still learning the techniques. Hey, you've probably seen that cartoon, and perhaps some of Neil's listeners have as well. Uh, this cartoon is, uh, goes something like that. They say old age and treachery will always be youth and experience. <laughs> There's something to be said for experience. Uh, but youth, no, no boundaries, no fears, and um, no expectations either. Now, let me, I, again, let me I, I want to. I, wanna, I also want to stress that I I would not rule out Wildcard Team Four K One DG and N Two NT. They oh, are yeah. phenomenal. They are yeah. phenomenal. Now let me ask this. You know, we 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 were joking around and and you know saying, well, you know, the the betting odds and and we're handicapping everybody and figuring this out, but. Is there a home team advantage? Do you think the Germans are going to have a significant advantage over everybody else? I think any of the European teams have a home team advantage. I I don't think propagation in Germany is materially different than Slovenia or Slovakia or Hungary. Uh, I think it's like saying, does someone from Indiana have an advantage over someone from Illinois, Kentucky, or Ohio? The answer is the propagation is pretty similar. Uh, If you get in the northern latitudes like where we live, it's tougher, uh, and that would be the same for the OH guys. But remember, uh, Rasty and Joseph came in number two despite coming from propagation-challenged OH. Uh, I'm sorry, they're from they're from Slovakia, excuse me, OM. But the OH, OH stations, uh, you know, I, I don't know that they have an advantage based on that. I think they're going to find different propagation in, uh, in Central Europe. Well, the antennas in, you know, the locations are all standardized. So there are, you know, uh, set power limits. Uh, so propagation is, is a variable. Weather is another other variable, but it affects all of the uh, competitors equally. Uh, there's some differences in equipment, uh, and then nobody can rule out Murphy. Yeah. Now, now, what do you think? Um, what do you think on these youth teams? What do you, 
you know, they are are preparing and, and, and running all these contests and, and trying to do all this stuff. But what do you think it means to have them in the competition? Well, we've had the good fortune to meet uh, both Xenia, ZL4YL, and uh, Bryant, uh, KG5HVO. Uh, actually, Brian was at Contest U a couple of years ago, and most recently uh, we saw Xenia at uh, Vazalia. And they're pretty impressive young people and with you know, lots of enthusiasm, and I've worked both of them on the air. They've got, they've got skills. Yeah, and I know Matthias from my time in Chile, CE2MVF, who, by the way, is now CE2Lima Radio. He's been mentored by CE3CT and VE7Sugar Victor, by the way, VE Seven Sugar Victor is a competitor in the contest, uh, but uh, Matthias or Chuki, as his friends call him, that guy's got incredible energy, and uh, I've never seen anyone who can work a pile up and 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 correspond with me on WhatsApp about uh, when I'm coming and uh, how the bands are here versus there. So he, I say jokingly, he can do SO3R two rigs at once on his WhatsApp iPhone. So <laughs> well, and remember, Brian was a young man who. Uh, was uh, first king his uh, doing the CW king is Mike? Yeah, now with a Bagali key, I would say watch out. That guy's going to yeah. be on a roll. He's he's going to tear it up on uh, sideband and CW. I think yeah. he's probably going to be doing CW while uh, Chuki uh, is doing sideband. Well, now we've got an interesting situation that that came up just uh, in the last couple of days here. Um, and, and I was joking that, that, okay, I'm going to take the long shot. Uh, we've got a team without a leader. Oh, I wouldn't, I, you know, look, there's going to be a number of people who apply for that, all of whom are good contesters. Uh, we have a lot of people who didn't make the competition, uh, who came in second or third in their regions. And my guess is you're going to see a top tier contester jump in and, work with Delta Lima One Charlie Whiskey to represent Africa, but uh, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll never underestimate that, Neil. I wouldn't bet that as a long shot. Yeah, so one of the competitors had to uh, to drop out, and so they're uh, they're looking for a replacement. So, oh, you never know. You, you just uh, you, you don't know uh, what could happen, and um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the odds down, I guess, on, the, <laughs> on that one. Well, well, I also uh, I, I also want to mention, you know, Pat Barkey, N9 Romeo Victor, the editor of NCJ before me. Uh, Pat's going over there with a plan to win. He and N6TR. So uh, don't be surprised if, if Pat surfaces in the top three as well as K3PA, uh, biomedical engineer in Kansas. Uh, he has done extraordinarily well in contests and won the zero competition. And uh, so those are two other names that you may not think about, but they have every opportunity to, to go for the gold on this as well. Well, speaking of, of spots to fill, um, Ed Durant, DD5LP, who was uh, going to be our correspondent during WRTC Live here uh, on the show, um, he couldn't be with us tonight because in Germany it's 2 a.m. right now, uh, but he wants to pass along his regards to both of you for all the work that you put into NCJ. Uh, but he is working with the organizing committee in media and some other things and, and wanted uh, me to pass along um, the need for a few more volunteers. Um, if you're going to Germany during WRTC uh, to visit or, or for another reason, uh, please consider volunteering. 
I'll read this here that uh, he sent me. The WRTC Organizing Committee is looking for another dozen volunteers uh, to support the 65 contest sites. Uh, They need help putting up uh, antennas and tents, making sure the generators don't run out of fuel, uh, act as security so that we don't have any interruptions uh, during the uh, competition time. And um, if you're visiting to see what's happening, this is a great way to become a part of the event and take away some great memories. So uh, new volunteers will be teamed up with trained, experienced ones, so... Uh, if you think that you can't help, well, yeah, you can. Um, and you don't have to speak German e- either. English is fine. So uh, Ed says, um, otherwise, everything is on schedule and uh, the finances are good. Of course, you can always use more donations, but uh, they're in pretty good shape. At, but they do need a few more volunteers to kind of lighten the load. So if that applies to you, um, they are looking for that and the website, WRTC2018.de. So uh, we're going to take a break right now, and uh, then we're going to come back and uh, talk a little more and take your calls, and uh, we'll talk about some of the other teams um, that we haven't uh, dived into just yet. Uh, but um, we're also... Uh, going to give away something here after uh after a while so uh call in you you may get a chance to win here uh but we'll be back after this word from the national voice of america museum of broadcasting right here on ham talk live the national voice of america museum of broadcasting located in westchester ohio just north of cincinnati is only two minutes off i-75 the museum is the former home of the voice of america bethany relay station Tours are now available every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see the control room, a 200,000-watt transmitter, and the most comprehensive collection of inventions by the iconic Powell Crosley, Jr. Also on display is a huge antique radio exhibit and R.L. Drake's personal collection of most every Drake amateur rig ever made. This is a unique opportunity to see amateur radio in action and have a chance to get on the air from WC8VOA. Admission is only $5 a person. The museum is located close to historic WLWAM and tons of shopping and restaurants. Take a trip to the VOA Museum or visit us online at voamuseum.org. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Yesterday, my XYL said she'd leave me if I didn't give up ham radio. Over. Ham Talk Live's on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, right now, it's time for your calls. So if you have a question for Scott or Fred, give us a call. Again, that number is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us. We're Ham Talk Live on Skype, and we're also on Twitter, at Ham Talk Live. So uh, if you have a question or comment, be sure to send it our way, because that's uh, that's what we're here for, is uh, to get your input during the show 
So, um, Scott, let's uh, pick up here. We want to talk a little bit about uh, about jet lag and, and some of the radios uh, and how that's going to affect, uh, you know, what equipment they're bringing uh, over, how that's going to affect things. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I travel enough internationally to suffer from jet lag uh, every other month or two. And uh, I think that's going to be a factor for everyone flying into Europe, whether it's Asia or the United States. I've asked a number of the competitors if they plan to go about a week early to acclimate, and almost none of them have. And I think people are underestimating how tired they're going to be. Uh, you know, for your own net and biological system, about uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon and 2 a.m., you, you hit a low where your cortisol is low and you're just ready to take a nap or fall asleep. And I think, uh, you know, with the competition, uh, a lot of our friends who are going over from uh, the United States and Canada are going to find themselves having that, that tough feeling during a contest even worse because of jet lag. So if anything, I think that gives a bit of an advantage to anyone who lives within an hour or two of Central European time, which is German time. So uh, we'll see if that's a factor. You know, in the May-June issue of NCJ, we featured Martin, who's going to be using a Hilberling. I think it's only appropriate that at least one German amateur use a Hilberling in the contest. Uh, those are wonderful radios. I don't own one, and, but I've looked at them at Dayton, and uh, they sort of, epitif- uh, sort of represent the best of German engineering in, in transceivers. So that's interesting. I know the defending champs are taking ICOM 7851s over. Uh, Tim Duffy and Sandy are going to use 7610 ICOMs. Uh, probably... Uh, 20% of the participants are using ICOM radios. About half are using Ellicraft K3 or K3S radios. Uh, and uh, that's not, not not a surprise. It's a tr- tremendous contest rig, and it's very lightweight. And then there's a mixture, Yesu, and a couple of people are taking Flex, new Flex 6600Ms over. So we're going to get to see a real uh, a real test of all the different radios, Superhets and SDRs and It'll be really interesting to see how they hold up and perform in that uh, very close-in transmitter environment uh, with very loud signals on the bands, uh, because uh, I suspect a lot of the Europeans are going to be running more than 100 watts to work all of the stations. That was an aspect of the article interviews that kind of we had to kind of compress towards the very end of the of the article, the equipment and the software and the radios, because there's quite a, some de- quite some detail that the teams listed. They didn't go into all of their secret strategies, but... Uh, you know, that was an area that we kind of overlooked. But think about those, you know, two seventy eight fifty ones being hauled around in the overhead luggage, uh, you know, on on a, you know, a 10-hour flight. Oh, yeah. And just think about how the shoulders and backs are going to hurt from lifting a 90-pound Pelican case, uh, even just uh, to move it uh, to the rental car. Uh, I don't envy, envy that. Uh, I've taken some 70-pound Pelican cases with ICOM uh, uh, smaller ICOM radios and ACOM amplifiers when I've been overseas, and that's heavy enough. Uh, Fred and I can laugh about the time we came back from VP5, and I stopped halfway to the car at the Minneapolis airport and said, i got to find something to pull this thing. I'm tired. And he said, no, I'll carry it the rest of the way, and he picked it up and carried it. You know, uh, It's not inconsequential. Uh, you know, Neil, this is probably the first WRTC, at least to my knowledge, where there's a father-daughter team who qualified. We have Holger. Uh, ZL3IO or ZL2IO, and his daughter, Xenia, ZL4YL. Uh, and uh, Holger qualified from uh, the uh, Pacific Rim from New Zealand. Holger's originally from Germany, and his wife is also a ham. She's from Germany. But they live and work in New Zealand because they wanted to experience that 
climate and raised their daughters there. And their youngest daughter, Xenia, is a very active contester. Fred and I both met her at Visalia. And, uh, and Fred worked her in the WPX contest. She is a very competitive contester for a 15-year-old. Uh, and I have to say, they had the luck of the Irish. They each won a brand-new transceiver while they were in uh, Visalia. So, uh, you know, their, their luck may be continuing on at WRTC. 812-638-4261 is the phone number. If you want to give us a call and chime in, now's the time to do that. 812-638-4261, or you can tweet us at ham talk live so yeah the father daughter team you know uh had a chance to talk to them and um holger you know just decided well you know uh it sure makes the the meetings a lot easier and she's doing well in cw and and it just made sense to go ahead and do it you know and she's developed their strategy uh i think xenia is going to stay on 20 meters the entire contest and run for 24 hours that's my understanding of what she's derived is their strategy. Uh, they've analyzed the, the logs of the last four WRTCs and looked at the top top five finishing teams versus the others, and they put a lot of thought into this. So uh, we'll see. You know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting and exciting to watch. Uh, Roberto Ramirez, Charlie Equi Three, Charlie Tango is one of our new contributing editors at NCJ. We'll be introducing him in the next issue, but he's going to give us an article about WRTC right after the competition. So I'm hopeful in the September-October issue of NCJ, we will have an article about the competition, the winners, and uh, how the contest went. Now, Fred, did you have uh, any teams that just kind of, there was a story there that, uh, that kind of stood out to you? Well, I think uh, Xenia and Holger's story was probably the most notable one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that uh, E7 uh, Sugar Victor is coming back for like his seventh time, so he's got this longevity. Uh, um, uh, Marv uh, N5AW, uh, you know, he's got this, uh, <laughs> he's 77 years old, and I, I hope that when I get to that age, I can hang in there with the big guns, too. I mean, these are all giants, Neil. And there's 63 participants who are just, you know, the, the best of the best contesters. And, you know, just to, you know, just to get there is, a, is an honor. So uh, there are no, you know, nothing really jumps out at me with the, uh, you know, the team uh, selections or how, you know, one team member would choose another other than, you know, just um, they, they've been competitors and they've been friends. And, hey, do you want to go to uh, WRTC with me? And let's let's do it. You know, two stuck out to me, Neil, that Fred hasn't mentioned yet that I think are worth mentioning. John Cravoli, W2GD, and Bud, AA3 Bravo. They're both premier contesters, both uh, over 50, shall we say. Uh, John's been at WRTC before. Uh, he is a tremendous CW guy. Goes 40, 45 words a minute constantly. And then uh, Ranko, 403A, and Echo 73 Alpha are a, a sponsored team. Uh, these guys are tremendous contesters, and they... And, uh, and Ranko, of course, uh, develops you know world class contesting technology. I have some of his stuff in my home, in my station. So uh, the engineering behind this, uh, I think it will be fascinating to uh, to watch the engineering that K3LR and 403A and a couple of others will bring, just to see what they do to really mitigate noise and mitigate interference and to give them advantage in hearing the weak station. You know, these contests are won and lost not by working the loud stations or the medium-sized stations. It's how many can you work who are weak to keep your run rates as fast as possible. Yeah, and, and then also reduce the error rates and pass multipliers and, you know, finding the right 
optimal mix of you know single sideband and CW QSOs because this is a dual mode uh, contest and you know that takes a little strategizing uh, as well. But passing those multipliers and keeping the error rates down as well as maintaining the rate is so critical to the ultimate winner. Yeah, 8126384261 if you have a, a a question here or a comment and uh, and Scott you've you've got something to uh, to give away here too. Yeah, I do Neil. Uh I wanted to say also if if you are a contester but not one who ever thinks you can win a contest, um listen to some of these operators on the air after they come back. Uh for example, K1DG and N2 November Tango operated V47 Tango. And I've operated from the Caribbean and sideband NCW contests. And I listened to them the last CQ contest they did, and I, I learned something. They are just they are just one constant-going machine. They can make a run like no one else can. So uh, I think, you know, take, look these calls up when, when you're on the next contest and just spend five minutes listening to how they work pileups. You'll learn a lot about very effective contesting tactics. Well, you've, you've got uh, something there to uh, give away, and we're getting toward the end of the show here, so I thought I might uh, go ahead and bring that up. Um, all of this you know, information that, that we're talking about tonight, um, the WRTC competitors and some of these <clears throat> teams are featured in the National Contest Journal, and uh, and Scott has a chance uh, for someone who's not a subscriber to the National Contest Journal to pick one up for free tonight. So tell us about that. Yeah, we do. The AWRL has provided a free subscription tonight available to any of your callers or people who tweet who don't subscribe uh, with a question that you pick up and use during the interview. So hopefully someone will take advantage of this uh, short-term but great opportunity as they say on television, operators are standing by. Or sometimes they're standing. Yes. Bye. <laughs> and they take off. So give us a call, 812-638-4261. And uh, if you're not a uh, current subscriber to NCJ, we have a prize for you. And let's let's talk a little bit about you know the uh, the journal for a minute. Uh, we've got all this stuff going on with WRTC, but there's there's a lot um, of other things that are going on in there. There are, it, you know, it's a great journal. It is the journal of radio sport. Uh, it's a wonderful journal. It was started back in the seventies by K Zero Tango Ocean Todd Olson. Started it in his kitchen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Todd was the first but not the last editor. It's gone through a number of editors. Uh, since Fred and I took over, we've expanded it a bit in terms of its focus. We have a next-gen contributing editor, uh, you, Neil, um, do a fabulous job. Uh, we have a uh, we have a DX editor coming on board. We have a new editor, uh, Mark Aker, K- K6UFO, who will be talking about remote contesting in every issue. And, of course, we have really well-respected uh, and well-recognized contributing editors, Mike Goldstein, who writes the Little Pistols page, uh, Don Dazzo on Towers, K4ZA, Ed Munns on Riddy Contesting, W0 Yankee Kilo, uh, Gary Sutcliffe on Contest Tips, Tricks, and Techniques, uh, who's a well-known contester uh, and writes great articles, as well as uh, John Jones on VHF, UHF Contesting. We also sponsor the NAQP uh, QSO parties and uh, sprints, 
Uh, and, uh, you know, we hope to grow the journal. We've had some articles this year on uh, propagation, on what makes a good receiver, what are the characteristics of a good solid-state amplifier, and uh, also some good ones on contesting retrograde. Coming up in the next issue, we have an interview with uh, retired Admiral Scott Redd, uh, who is a well-known contester. He uh, won uh, all six major contests at one point and also was honored by uh, one of our presidents with uh, the highest level of honor that any soldier can get. We have an article with a fairly new contester who's in his 60s, retired, and won the CQ Rookie uh, Award. Uh, I think you're doing an article on Holger and Xenia and her rise as a next-gen contester. Uh, and then we have uh, part three of Peter Chadwick's article on what makes a great receiver. Uh, this is the best of the third, best part. The third part's the best part. So I'm really looking forward to it coming out. I saw the proofs today of it. So we're very, very close to mailing the uh, journal off to the uh, printer and having it hopefully in everyone's home by a WRTC. Also want to encourage, Tom- go ahead, Fred. Yeah, no, uh, and John Thompson, K3MD, you know, does our surveys and book reviews and, you know, he's he's a, a great uh, uh, source. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm very sorry. I should have mentioned John. John does tremendous book reviews and surveys. He's got both coming up in the next edition. Thank you, Fred. And, of course, Fred is the deputy editor and does a superb job, and uh, I appreciate his willingness to work with me and uh, to travel with me. Also, in the next issue, we have some new things that I saw at Visalia and Dayton that will be helpful for contesters to make your shack a better uh, place to operate. So stay tuned. Uh, Maybe a couple new radios that are being mentioned. A new SDR, two new SDRs, excuse me. I'm sorry, three new SDRs. There are more SDRs than Superheads now, believe it or not. And then, of course, uh, four new SDRs. I guess I should have added this all up in my head, Neil. Uh, you know, we have a Yesu <laughs> SDR coming out. We have yep. the MB1 from uh, elect- the electronics group out of Russia, where a young ham designed it as a graduate school thesis, and now he's turned it into a company. We have the 7610 by ICOM. Uh, an SDR that I own. We have the Flex 6600M and 6400M featured, which will be SDRs at WRTC along with the 7610. Uh, and then we have a little story about the new Kenwood 890S. Uh, and, of course, a new antenna design for the person who's got a small real estate area, a good vertical for 80 and 40 that will be powerful for DXing and contesting. And then a whole bunch of other things that uh, I think people will find of interest. There's a lot of content, Neil, and we can't always get it between the you know the front and back uh, cover, and that's where another unsung hero, uh, Kirk uh, K4RO, can put it on the NCJ webpage. So we have some of the articles that spill over into the webpage. Very good, and remind everybody how they can uh, sign up for the NCJ. Go to the ARRL website, arrl.org, in the search tab at the top, type in NCJ, and then uh, it will take you directly to the link, and you can pay there by credit card or PayPal for a one-year subscription, six issues, uh, delivered to your home QTH and anywhere in the world uh, at a very good price. All right, so that's the uh, current uh, issue of NCJ and uh, what's coming up, and uh, you, you should check it out. It, it's got some uh, some really good information in there for uh, for contesters and, and DXers. So, uh, and hopefully, sure if there's out. a lucky caller tonight, we'll be able to give a new subscription away. Yeah, we need that phone to ring. Yep, eight one two six three eight four two six one, and we are just about out of time. So, uh, if you're going to call, this is uh, the time to do it. 
And uh, also want to mention that uh, the 100 watts of the wire tune-up started just a few hours ago. Um, so that's a chance to get out and check out your field day equipment and uh, get on the air. So that'll be running this weekend. And uh, also uh, want to invite you to leave us a review uh, on Ham Talk Live if you like uh, what you're hearing. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That uh, That helps us out. So... Okay, the phone's not ringing, and we know that most people listen to the to the replay. So, so what if I propose this, uh, Scott? What if we uh, we tweet out a uh, question from the episode, and then we'll do a drawing from uh, the responses from that? Does that sound like a good plan, Neil? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. He was just waiting to do that. You know that. I waited all the entire show. All night. All night. He's been waiting to do that. <laughs> all right. So so we'll uh, we'll send out a question um, on, on social media, and uh, we'll take the responses, and uh, and out of the correct responses, we'll take a, a winner for that uh, free year's subscription to NCJ if you are not a current subscriber. So... Uh, we will do that, and uh, we want to thank everybody uh, that did listen in tonight live, and uh, we'll be listening on the uh, podcast or on the on-demand version. But, uh, guys, let's let's go ahead and, as Scott says, let's let's wrap this up. Any any last thoughts here uh, before we get off the air? Yeah, I mean, one of the things they didn't get into the article was that the, there's been a tremendous effort by our German friends to coordinate this, and it's an, it's a it's a tireless job, and and the fundraising by you know ambassadors here and abroad, and you know it's just been that's a that's a story that is uh, it, it should be not forgotten. You know that, that's right. Uh, I have to say, Neil, that uh, the Society of Midwest Contesters has three tents. The Minnesota Wireless Association, in collaboration with the Rochester DX and Contest Club, has a tent. And most other contest clubs in North America have one or two tents. And, uh, you know, we just appreciate the generosity of everyone who's reached into their wallet and put in some money away from their spending on equipment and antennas to make this event a possibility. And my hat's off to all the German organizers for uh, the great job they've done. And, Neil... I just want to say congratulations on this show. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It is a great asset for ham radio. Thank you again for promoting contesting, promoting the National Contest Journal. And, uh, you know, it's just great to also watch all the people that you mentor at the Bloomington South High School. You are one of the real movers and shakers in making ham radio reach into the next generation. And, uh, I'm not surprised. The enthusiasm you had when I met you when you were five continues to permeate all you do with the hobby. So, Neil, our, my hat, and I know Fred would say the same, is tip to you tonight for what you do. Thanks for all you do for the hobby and for really uh, promoting contesting. Thanks, Neil. Well, thank you guys for coming on, and, and thanks for the the kind words. And uh, we look forward to uh, more editions of the National Contest Journal and more editions of Ham Talk Live. But that's a wrap for this week. 
And uh, thanks to Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, and Dr. Fred Regeniter, K4IU, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening. And we invite you back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, for our upcoming guests, just go to hamtalklive.com, click on the schedule link, and you can find out who's going to be on in the near future. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Thank you.